So it was early in the morning and he was uh, he was sitting, but he was also all fluffed up like he was shaking his feathers off. Yeah. And he was right on the side of the bridge. Now, we have seen owls on the bridge before two or three times now. And it's pretty exciting. But the the sad part of it is you can't stop on the bridge. To, Not supposed to. That's for sure. To take a picture. Well, I think if you stop, they think you're going to jump. Yeah. They come after you. Yeah. And I, there might be tickets involved or Probably maybe is. a mental health visit. <laughs> yeah. There's that. Welcome to the Winnie and Bill Chat Podcast. This is episode one of season two, and we're calling this one 500 Yards. Hello, everyone. Um, that was my husband, Bill, and I am Winnie. We are the owners of Quiet Shutter Fine Art and Photography. Um, I'm glad you're tuning in to season two of our podcast. Uh, before we get going, uh, we're going to tell you about a couple of changes we're making to the podcast. And the first one is that we are going to be publishing our podcast every other week. Can you tell us why, Bill? Well, we had a few people say that they were having a hard time keeping up. Do it every other week. Right. So um, and we asked for feedback from our listeners and our friends and our family. And from that information, we've decided that. 2021 needs to be a more positive year, and we are going to try and keep our podcast very positive. So each week, we are going to start off the podcast with an inspirational quote or an inspirational picture or something inspirational. Um, we may or may not tell you during the podcast about pictures that we missed or we wished we would have gotten, but we will end every podcast with something positive, a positive story, a positive anecdote. Um, whatever we find. So before we get really going here, I want to thank our sound engineer, which happens to be our son, Andrew Johnston. You can find him on Instagram at in Outdoor Andy TV. Um, also, that wonderful new theme music that you just heard, we want to thank uh, the Caffeine Creek Band from Pixabay. Pixabay is a royalty-free music um, online site. If you're doing a podcast or um, something on YouTube and you need some royalty-free music, that's the place to go. Also, we especially want to thank Anchor Podcasting Platform. Anchor is a podcast platform that you can access on the web or through an app on your smartphone, and you can make a podcast for free. Thanks, Anchor. Thank you, Anchor. Okay, Bill. So, for our inspirational item this week, I have found a quote um, that comes from a photographer who was very successful in the 1950s. His name was Edward Weston. And the quote is, anything more than 500 yards from the car just isn't photogenic. <laughs> 
man after our own hearts. A man after my own heart. So the reason I picked that one is that um, you and I took a little road trip the other day just to get out of the house and and have a change of scenery. We drove up to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Yes, we did. And uh, our hope was to find some snowy owls, but our hope is always to find just something interesting, whatever it is. And uh, often we find great things just from the comfort of our car. And I know that you had a plan that we would end up at Tequamanon Falls. Tequamanon Falls is probably more than 500 yards from the car, right? Yes, more like half a mile. And 94 steps down and well, back there's up. that. <laughs> 94 were, down, 94 back up. There were nice clean steps and there was no <laughs> snow involved yeah. on the steps anyways. <laughs> In any case, uh, yeah, I you, you had to push me to do that a little bit. I didn't push you. Down I'd have been the happy to stay within 500 yards of the car all day. So the way we do our podcast is we post some pictures on our Instagram account, which is Quiet Shutter Photo, and you can listen and follow along with the pictures as you're listening. Or if you would rather, or if it's safer, you can listen and then check out our photos um, later on. So, Bill, do you want to get started with our first picture? Sure. So, our first picture, uh, Winnie didn't tell us, tell you, um, I'll just give you a little bit uh, of the the backstory. We uh, got up early Sunday morning. and uh, Let me talk about getting up early. Go ahead, Winnie. <laughs> How do you feel about getting up early? <laughs> It, it early, early in the morning is not my best time of day. Now, Bill, as we've mentioned before, is a professional baker. So he is very used to getting up at two in the morning and going to work. Yeah. I, on the other hand, don't like to get up that early. So he goes to bed at one in the morning and you go to bed at six at night. Yeah. There's that or earlier <laughs> in any case. So Bill and I struggle sometimes with he's a morning person. I'm a night person. And so when Bill has a day off and he wants to go do something, that means he wants to get up before the sun and head out, which is really a good thing to do because that's when you're going to see stuff early yeah. in the morning. Yeah, typically animals and birds and that kind of stuff, especially owls that are nocturnal, tend to uh, be still out a little bit hunting early in the morning. Um, by, but by 10 or 11 in the morning, they're pretty much hunkered down for the day and it's hard to find them. Truth. True. So I, I struggle, I struggle in the morning, but I'm always happy in the end when I do get up and we get going because we see some amazing things. So our goal was to get to the UP of Michigan, which involved crossing the Mackinac bridge. And, right. um, but before we even got to the bridge, we saw this little guy. Now this first picture, go ahead, Bill. First, this first picture is actually a picture of a barred owl. Um, it's not a very good picture, mind no. you. No. And the reason that it's not that great a picture is because he was hiding from us. He was hiding. So we're screaming down the highway, heading up to the bridge. And 140 miles an hour. No. <laughs> well, it was a little. Over 40. It was a little snowy. Yeah, it was actually kind of a little snow in the we air. We were probably so. going a little under the speed because the roads were still. Yeah, they were touchy. Yeah. But both of us, I think, spotted this owl on a tree limb on the side of the road. I think you and I both saw him at the same time. 
Yeah, we went barred owl. Yeah. So we I, have seen a barred owl, and maybe this exact same one. You know, no way to know. Pretty for much sure. the exact same space, like two years ago. Yeah, I think we've seen them now maybe three times. Yes, because area. I think we saw well at least another barred owl just up the road another mile towards Mackinac from where we saw this one. But I guess if you see one, there's probably more than one. Yeah, but this guy was was sitting in a tree on the side of the road, so we went on by, slowed down real quick. Turn around, came back. He was still on the side of the road, and I should have stopped there and taken some pictures of him. But I really went ahead the camera, and I wanted her to get a shot. Um, I think you were trying to be car. nice. I think you were trying to make me happy that we I were. I was trying to get you to wake up, so I thought that maybe <laughs> they'd wake you up. Anyways, we, turned, we went by it a second time, turned around to come back, and he flew off. So I kind of saw where he went, so we drove up slowly. And sure enough, we caught him through the trees. He would, he he'd only gone about, you know, a little bit back into the brush, but it was less than 500 yards, less than 500 yards, but it was some <laughs> thick brush. And I, it just, I thought that there's a little brown blob back in there. And sure enough, we backed up and, and, uh, he, he was, he or she was skittish. Yeah. And I, I pointed the camera out the window and we often do this. We'll, we'll, do a real fast shot that maybe we haven't uh, composed perfectly well or whatever, but you want to get something just to prove opposed it. to getting nothing. Just to have prove there was something there. Evidence. You want evidence, evidence that you saw. It's it. always good to have evidence. So this is a picture. It's taken through a lot of trees. So there's a lot of little branches. I managed to get where you could see both of its eyes. Yeah. Um, but there's the evidence that the first owl we saw that day was a barred owl. The crazy thing about barred owls is they have black eyes. Their eyes are spooky. Yeah. We, um, maybe in an episode somewhere in the future, we'll feature some of the photos we got of the barred owl two years ago. Because whether that was the exact same owl as we're seeing in this picture or not, that owl on that day was very cooperative. Yeah. And it was a, it was a really, the, the sad part about that day was it was snowing even harder than it, it was when we took these it pictures. It was, but we got some really fantastic pictures of yeah. it because he was right on the edge of, you know, on a, on a branch of a tree that was on the edge of the road. So it was an open area. Right. And we got some excellent pictures. But um, we should probably give this owl a name because we keep seeing him. We'll have, we'll have to, to figure think it about out. That. Yeah, yeah. So then we carried on on our journey to the UP. In order to do so, you cross the Mackinac Bridge. And um, the Mackinac Bridge is impressive. If you've not been to Michigan and seen the Mackinac Bridge, it's a five-mile-long bridge, a suspension bridge. And uh, some people are terrified to drive across it. Yeah, I'm not sure why, but... I, you know, it makes me maybe not terrified... Maybe not even scared, but I, you know, you want to be a little more alert when you're on the bridge. And sure, you don't want to, you don't want to wander around while you're you driving. Can't wander around, there. and you really ought to pay attention to where you're driving. Yeah. So when your wife screams and points onto the side of the bridge when you're in the middle of the bridge and says "snowy owl," <laughs> you kind of need to keep your eyes on where you're. Snowy going. owl, don't look. <laughs> So that was the picture that got away from us um, on that little, on our little day trip. There was a snowy owl 
sitting on the side of the bridge as we drove by it. Yeah. So it was early in the morning and he was uh, he was sitting, but he was also all fluffed up like he was shaking his feathers off. Yeah. And he was right on the side of the bridge. Now, we have seen owls on the bridge before two or three times now. And it's pretty exciting. But the the sad part of it is you can't stop on the bridge. To, Not supposed to. That's for sure. To take a picture. Well, I think if you stop, they think you're going to jump. Yeah. They come after you. Yeah. And I, there might be tickets involved or Probably maybe is. a mental health visit. <laughs> yeah. There's that. There, that was the, the photo that got away from us. Yeah. was the snowy owl on the side of the bridge. Anyways, we moved on from there. And we always, uh, whenever we go out looking for snowy owls, we tend to count. So we just kind of looked at each other and went, number one. Number one. Even before we got across the bridge, number one had happened. So there is an area that we will, we shall not identify specifically, but there's an area in the UP where snowy owls tend to winter over. and um, there have been years where we have gone up and driven around this area and, and have seen 20 or 30 different snowy owls on the same day. Um, generally, uh, that's considered an inflection year when there's more snowy owls that have come this far down south for the winter than usual. But um, this seems to be a normal year. Yeah, yeah. Um this time we went, we saw a lot more than we have. We kind of wondered the last time we were up there a couple of weeks ago, if there just wasn't going to be any coming down this year. We'd seen pictures and we saw a couple of owls, but we, we had seen pictures other people had gotten of. Owls. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we saw we ourselves see, one or two. One um, and maybe. In, maybe the same maybe one the twice. Maybe the same one a second time. Yeah. 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 Um, but we had sort of had bad timing that day. Bill mentioned already that. By 10, 11 in the morning, the owls will hunker down and you no longer see them. So you want to be there first thing in the morning or just before dark. Right. And so that time was, I think our timing was off. But um, we managed to have pretty good luck on this day. But the surprise we had of the day was how many bald eagles we saw. Yeah, it was crazy how many we saw. They were all over the place. They were all over the place. So if you go to the next photo, Bill... On our Instagram. Ah, uh, yes. I'm going to I'm gonna make this full screen size to look at. This was one of the bigger ones we saw, too. They, bald eagles are impressive birds. They really are. They are very impressive and intense looking. <laughs> they are so intense looking. So we were driving around some back roads in the Upper Peninsula, and evidently there was a... Um, there was a dead animal or something in the middle of a field. We never did see the actual carcass, but we noticed a lot of ravens. Yeah. There was were, quite a commotion of ravens off, you know, off the road and back in the, in the field a little ways. And there was a, a tree right by the area where there were all the birds, you know, and in the tree, there were three bald eagles. There was three bald eagles and an immature bald eagle. So right. Was, and how far, I asked you this yesterday, but how far off the road do you think that tree was from, from the car? At least 200 yards. So a football field, you said, is... Is 100 yards. So, so it was two at least, football fields away from us. Yeah. Now this photo is cropped a little. It's cropped uh, number one square so that it suits Instagram, but it is 
a little bit of the picture was cropped off as well, but we have a um, 150 to 600 millimeter zoom lens that we like to use for wildlife. And um, I, sometimes we get pretty critical of our pictures and, um, and then you start to question your equipment and sometimes there are just circumstances beyond your control, like moisture in the air or, or, um, what would you call it, Bill? Steam or? Yeah, either you got heat rising that makes these little waves that can screw up pictures. And or sometimes it's some- when you're shooting something that far away, you're shooting through all that atmosphere. And sometimes it's hard to get a really sharp picture. And, yeah, um, you know, our, our lens was uh, an expensive lens for us, but people can spend, you know, $20,000 on a on a long zoom lens and yeah, we don't spend anywhere near that. Yeah. We're probably never going to do that. <laughs> so, um, I was really pleased when we got home and I put my, put these pictures up on the computer and saw that that was a, a pretty good capture. Yep. They, for that far away. Yeah. Uh, pretty so, sharp. Yeah. So in this picture, it's of one of the bald eagles and he has just lifted off from a branch and he's going to fly over to wherever the roadkill is in the field. And uh, so in this picture, you see some gnarly branches. The eagle's head is um, luckily not obstructed by one of the little branches or twigs. You can see his eye pretty plainly. He's got his wings all the way full up in the air. And his claws, his feet, and his talons below him are so impressive. Yeah, they're fully extended and it's kind of crazy. I mean, they're how big do you think those toenail claws are? Oh, probably three inches long. Do you think they're three inches? Yeah. They're they are big. And they're so their feet look like little fists. Yep. And it's pretty impressive. So I got a whole series of this um eagle flying out of the tree. And if you go to the next picture, this is my favorite of the whole series. What do you think of this one, Bill? Yeah, you caught a moment in time pretty good there because his wings are like kind of folded down, folded down, but they're almost flat on top, which is pretty cool. Nice, even plane there. And then his head is sticking out beyond the wings. That's the part I love is that his his head is poking out, even though the wings are on the downward stroke. Yep. And his feet, his claws, his talons are straight out behind him and they're kind of held up like a, like a fist. Yeah. Right? They had them curled up at the moment. Yeah. This is, I hope you get a chance to see this photo. Cause this is, this is a fun one. I sent this to my daughter and my son after I, after I edited it and my daughter came back and said, that looks fake. <laughs> <laughs> Not, I was there. It was happened. for real. Yeah. So that was exciting seeing all those eagles. But while we were sitting there, we said we saw three and an immature in the tree. Yep. And then how many more flew in? Three more flew in while we were there. And then as we moved along, we saw. There was two others about a mile away from there. In sitting in trees. Yep. And then I think we saw a couple more after that. Like there were so many eagles. We actually, we, when we moved on. Uh, heading for Tequamanon, we um, came across another three that were yeah, we in the saw, paradise area. Yeah, actually. we just saw lots and lots of eagles. 
it felt like Alaska. Yeah, like, we almost we almost <laughs> said that to her. I think we did say it to her. It's like the Alaska today. They're like wild chickens everywhere. <laughs> Big chickens. We've never been to Alaska. No, but that's what I imagine Alaska we, would be like. We've though. heard the rumor that uh, eagles are like seagulls up there. I mean, you yeah. see pictures from Alaska where a tree will be filled with, you know, dozens of eagles. Yeah, like, which is yeah. hard to wrap our heads around. Yeah, it is. But it is nice to see the eagles are making a comeback in Michigan. Yes. And when I was a kid growing up, boy, if you saw an eagle, that was a really rare event. Yeah, I, I, it was very rare, very rare. And usually you saw it like way up in the sky and somebody go, that's an eagle. And you're like, well, how could you tell? <laughs> a mature bald eagle is pretty hard Yeah, not to tell, I think. They're, yeah. they, they fly more impressively. They glide more impressively. They're, that bright white head and bright white tail is, is so distinctive. They are impressive. Yeah. Yep. So why, why were they so rare in Michigan? Did people hunt them or what, what's the deal? I, that's always the rumor. I don't know whether they did or not, or. I mean, were you know, eagles a problem for been farmers? A, they've or? been a protected bird for a long time, so I don't know. Well, they could be. I mean, because, I mean, they will kill chickens and that kind of thing. But, Truth. Um, not any more than the hawks and stuff will. That, And there's lots of hawks around. So I don't know if they just went through a, a downward trend and, and maybe habitat wasn't all that good for them for a while. Or I guess we need to look into that. Yeah. I know that. Perhaps uh, lead shot was a problem too. It seems like in the I've read in the Sini Wildlife Refuge that lead shot was banned, at least in the Sini area. That well, for hunting you, migratory birds, it's illegal all the way around now. But it wasn't for a long time. Do people still use lead shot? Is that what shot is just made for? Of? Ra- just for hunting rabbits and that kind of stuff. But. Hmm. Well, we need to educate ourselves on that. But the eagles are coming back. Yeah, nicely. Nicely. So we can move to our next picture. I love this picture. So we don't like, I mean, often in Michigan, the snowy owls will sit on top of utility poles, which is kind of fascinating because where their natural habitat is in the um, Arctic there aren't that many trees and the trees aren't very tall and they tend to live on the ground. So when they're in Michigan and you see them in high places, like on a bridge. Yeah. Or top of utility poles. It, it seems like, I wonder if they come down and they think, Yahoo. Somewhere to stand. Yeah. Safe place. Yeah. I, I, you know, it makes sense for them to be up high so they can see further and they're not, um, they're not bothered by any other animals, although yeah. they're other than other owls. There's not much that'll go after them. Yeah. So, it turned out to be a good day for seeing owls, and we saw. I think we counted nine different owls for sure. Yeah, we did. And this particular owl, um, I chose this picture not because an owl sitting on top of a utility pole is one that we would ever blow up and put on the wall, but it's just such a sweet-looking owl. So this is either a female or um, a immature male. The um, mature males tend to be almost all white. And females have a little speckling. And um, immatures will have a lot of speckling. And as they get older, they start to lose that. So um, 
but this one was just up on a utility pole, looked like he was sleeping. His eyes are shut. Yeah. His or her eyes are shut. You can see those little ear tufts on the top of his head. Yeah. Oh, just sweet. It was a very sweet picture. And this owl could have cared less that he was on the side of the road and there was traffic going by. And Yeah, nothing was phasing him. I think he'd been hunting all night and just was relaxing. Probably had a good meal in his belly. Most likely. I, I think he opened one eye and looked at our car for a second. And Yeah. And went, ah, yeah. Humans. Yeah, humans. They always want to take our picture. <laughs> Very pretty little um, owl, though. But yeah. um, we also saw some owls that were, uh, we saw really nice white, almost all the way white owl. Um, where, we saw, where did we spot him first? Was he on a fence post or was he in it? Oh, he was in that tree and then he flew off, right? Right. Yeah, there was a, yeah, there was a, there was a, Criticized evergreen tree that we spotted. He stuck out like a sore thumb from probably half a mile away. It was like, oh, there's one in the balsam tree up there. More than 500 yards. More than 500 yards. <laughs> but as we were watching him and, and creeping up to that, to that spot, he flew off. Yeah. And we watched him and he flew um, from the tree and eventually landed on the top of a pole building. So the pole building had a metal roof that was gray. The sky behind the owl was gray and the owl was pure white. I got some photos of him flying, which is impressive, but because the lighting was also blah, the pictures just were disappointing. Yeah, they have like no life to them. They're just no life. You like this. Sometimes if you can catch a snowy owl when they're flying with a, a nice sunny blue sky. They really are impressive. They oh, really so pop. impressive. Really, the color and the color contrast sometimes is really pretty sweet with them. But those were, you know, we were excited that we got some pictures of them flying. But yeah, this, the background was just very disappointing. Yeah. And, you know, Michigan in this the winter, this time of year, it's often gray and disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. But um you spotted as we spotted that owl flying, you spotted another owl also flying. Yeah, I said I think there's another I think pretty sure I just saw one take off from where that one just came from. So we continued on and sure enough, the second owl was a more spotted owl and he or she landed in the tree that the white one had just left. So I feel like those two were having a little territorial spat yeah they will do that they uh they have their own space and you quite often see them chasing each other around and uh, trying to claim their territories i know we have we have in some years seen an owl that had a particular tree it was sitting in or a particular utility pole and um, then gone back up two weeks later and found the same owl in the same spot so yeah. they pick a territory and they hunt it and they live there for as long as they want and spend their time chasing the other owls away from their territory. I would imagine that the younger birds are probably always fighting for territory. That um, I mean, this case, though, that was a mature male that flew away. Yeah. So I don't know whether he was being chased away or he had been attempting to take over another bird's territory. Something possible. was going on. Yeah. So yeah. if you go to the next photo. Oh, yes. So this is the other bird we talked about. Um, 
I almost think that maybe this was a big female that uh, was uh, had claimed her tree back. And she, I know when she uh, took off from the top of this tree, she was heading right back where the other owl had gone. So I don't know if she was going to claim her spot where he was sitting over on the other place too or what. But uh, we were lucky enough to get a picture of this um, owl just as she was launching herself off the top of this tree. Right. So this tree, this is a nice evergreen tree that sits next to the Ross barn. <laughs> and in this area of the UP, it seems like every other barn has the Ross name on it. There's a lot of Rosses in the UP, apparently. Evidently. But um, we spotted her sitting in the top of that tree. I said, is there another owl in that tree now? And so we crept up there, but just as we got there and, this time it was on Bill's side of the car. So he was pointing the camera out the window and he had quick enough responses to, to get um, photos of her just as, like he said, she launched herself off the tree. And I think she was heading after the white owl and going to kick him off the pole barn too. She had the determined look in her eye. You are still in my territory. Dude, that's mine too. She said. Yeah. So um, Bill got a nice series of this bird. Hopping off the tree and flying away. I chose this one. I like the way the wings are and the fact that you can see one of her big yellow eyes and also the talons again. Yeah, the talons on a snowy owl are not as big as an eagle, but I don't think I want to get poked with them either. They're pretty impressive. They are big. Yeah. Also, their feet are have feathers all over them that look like fur. It looks like white fur. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, when we were in Montana, we went to a raptor fest. Do you remember this, Bill? Yes. And at the raptor fest, they had, oh, two or three different kinds of hawks that were rescues that they take around and educate people about the birds. But they also had a little information booth and they had a little tiny saw wet owl at the booth that, that, that was, was just sitting on the desk and you thought it was fake and then it would move. But they also had, um, what would you call it? A little apparatus that you could squeeze to see how many pounds of pressure you could squeeze with your hand. It was a kind of a tool that like, like a, you know, back in the seventies, they used to have this little exercise tool. that was two handles with a spring that you would kind of squeeze together to, to exercise your grip. And this tool was hooked up to electronics that would tell you how much pressure you were. Do you remember squeezing? how much pressure your hand could, Press. Yeah, it was you know they measured it in foot pounds, I think, or anyways. Seems like I did like two hundred. I could barely squeeze it. But then they were saying that a snowy owl's talons, once they grab a hold of something, is like four hundred. And, and what was eagle there was, was like six hundred. A golden eagle. They had a list of all yeah, the different. Yeah, golden birds. eagle was the was the strongest and they figured them at over 800 foot pounds, which I just can't figure out how ouch. they got those birds to squeeze that little tool. Well, you got a couple <laughs> with a cracker. Hello. I'm kidding. Yeah. I mean, they must have a way to figure out, but yeah, I think those birds could do some damage with, and I have seen birds, hawks mainly that have, you know, dove down and killed a, a squirrel or a rodent of some kind and they'll just stand there while they're squeezing the neck of the of whatever it is until it's dead, yep. which is gruesome. Yeah. Gruesome. Um, 
yeah, so these are, are also impressive birds, as are the eagles. So, um, yeah, so we had a good snow, snow owl day. Yes, it was. And then we decided that we should head on over to... Um, yeah, it was kind of amazing. As the day, it must have been about 10.30 when we decided that, like, all of a sudden the birds disappeared. Right. We were seeing a lot of them, and then all of a sudden we were seeing none. Nothing. So and it's amazing how they can hunker down, they get down on the ground and they go into a little low area or behind a shrub or, and you can't see them at all. No, we have, I think we've talked about this before. We've actually watched owls that would land on the ground and, and disappear. they would hop in this little nook somewhere and you know, they're there, but you cannot if you didn't see, them. see them do that. No, you would not know they were there and they don't move. Yeah. So. So, so off we went to Tuquamanon Falls. I think we stopped at a gas station, though, to fuel up. We did. Not our car, but us. Right. And so what kind of nutritious food did we buy at the gas station? Well, you know, it was a variety of very nutritious things like Snickers bars. And you know, when you when you go to pay and they have all of the Christmas candy bars on sale half price, like Reese's peanut butter cups in the shape of Christmas trees. And yeah. Well, the reason we normally stop at gas stations is to go to the bathroom, and you always feel guilty if you don't buy something when you're using your bathroom. So, oh, that's it. We weren't hungry for junk food at all. <laughs> right. Sometimes you just have to. We say had brought thank you. with us some protein drinks, which we drank. Yes. Sometime during the it day. helped to wash down the candy bar and the chips. Yeah, you know, get too much sweet. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, so fueled up and off we went to Tequamanon Falls. And um, I don't, I didn't research any facts to tell you about Tequamanon Falls other than just what we know. And that's that Tequamanon Falls is, is, a, is an impressive waterfall in the UP of Michigan. And it's near Paradise, Michigan. Yeah. Between you, Paradise and Whitefish Point. Correct. There well, are, back towards Whitefish Point, you go from Paradise, you go straight north. You got to go back towards Newberry to I go to. I always get confused. Yeah. Um, highway 123 takes you to there and it loops around depending on which direction you want to go. Uh, it will bring you back right back out to, if you go at, um, go off at highway 28, turn north onto 123 and go make the loop. It eventually comes back to 28 in Newberry, Michigan, which is about a 40 mile loop. And we've been to Tuquamanon Falls a number of times. It, it's an impressive waterfall. It's beautiful. Nice little hike, a little more than 500 yards from the car, but not terrible. No. And the pathway is, is it's, it paved the whole paved. way? It's paved. Yeah. Well, most of it's paved. There are a few little sections, um, depending on how far you want to go. But in the summertime, it is a really, really, really popular destination. And we've gone in the summer, of course. Yep. But it's pretty crowded. A lot of people there. Um, so we thought in the winter, maybe we'd even have the place all to ourselves. Nope. Nope. And you know what? I was happy to see that, though. Oh, yeah. I was very happy to see there. I mean, it wasn't extremely crowded. I think I counted close to 50 cars in the parking lot. Yeah. Like in the summertime, it'd be 150 cars. So exactly. It wasn't. But I, 50 yeah, we cars were... and one camper. I was impressed with a motorhome. Yeah. Yeah. They um, People are getting out. People are getting out. So that's good. It's a very good thing. Um, 
I'm always, I, you know, the walk is easy from the car to, um, and there's different little spots that there are viewing stations and you can see the falls from up above. And then um, at the end of the trail, there is a set of stairs that take you down to the brink of the falls. So you can get a nice close up look. There are 94 steps. Both directions. <laughs> right. Both directions. And there's a sign at the top that says, you know, How's warning. Your How's your heart today? <laughs> yeah. If you're having any heart trouble, you might want to rethink going down the steps. Yeah. So also, if you have any knee trouble or any asthma or anything. So the steps can be challenging for some people. And the, I find them a little challenging for me. Number one, I'm out of shape. And number two, my knees are just not what they used to be. So I don't mind doing them if the people I'm with don't mind me going slow. And Bill doesn't mind. So I'm happy about that. But it always kills me the number of people who, you know, pass us. <laughs> and they're, yeah. And but it always, it's always bothered, it always blows my mind that people that do that, no matter what they're doing. I mean, we've been on lots of different nature hikes and stuff and people are always in a hurry. You're just always in a hurry. I guess if you're doing it just for the exercise, I mean, yeah. you and I are doing it because we want to take in the beauty of a place and right. we want to stop and right. we want to take in the sights and listen to the sound. And like when we were walking on the pathway towards the falls, there comes a point where you can hear the waterfall, yeah. which I think is cool if you're hiking and and you can always hear a waterfall before you see it. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, but you're right. Some we always encounter people that are walking at a fast clip and they get to the destination are heading back out before we even get there. Yeah. So you got to wonder, did you even take in the sights? I mean, how could you possibly have right. taken it all in? But if you're doing it for exercise. Yeah. That, I guess if that's what you're doing it for, um, we do it for exercise and observation. So we want to pace ourselves a little. For more. me, the exercise is just an unfortunate uh, thing that comes <laughs> along with the package. Takes you <laughs> kicking and screaming, but you got there. <laughs> Especially when it's more than 500 yards from the car. Yeah. So we we got some excellent pictures of the falls. Now it's winter time, so it's a different look than the summer. Um, there's snow on the trees, and it was a lovely day because there was a little bit of snow on the trees, um, snow on the ground. There's ice that's starting to form around the edges of the falls. And so we got some nice pictures from some of the higher up viewing points. And then we went down the dreaded stairs. And we got some excellent pictures closer to the, the brink of the waterfall. Um, so the first picture, I don't even know if you saw, knew that I got this picture, Bill. No, I didn't know you did. So this is a picture of Bill. And he's down on one knee, shooting between the railings of the safety rail. Um, in order to get a little lower point of view of the falls. Yeah, I chuckled when I saw this sign next to me that says, Danger, stay within the fence yeah and i said thanks captain obvious <laughs> you know some we were there with uh the photo workshop with jim Doty a couple of year, years ago and um we were down at the the opposite end of the viewing there's another at the other end of the trail you can go down some more stairs right and take a picture up the river towards the falls um and we were there but the group that had were at the brink of the falls witnessed a woman who went around the railing 
and was walking out into the water at the top of the falls. Yeah, I, I actually got crazy. A, I got a picture of her in one one or two of my photos and didn't even realize that she was there till later in the day when we were we were editing pictures and I was like, is that a person in the yeah. middle of the river? Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Just crazy. Really crazy. So evidently you have to put those kinds of signs up because some yep. people just don't gotta protect people from themselves. Yeah, protect people from themselves. So yeah, if you look closely on this picture, you can see too the area that you're shooting through the railing is open but the um the railing that's closer to the falls they've even had to add some kind of chicken yeah, wire yeah there's mesh, real tight mesh wire up against so it so that nobody slips through there and goes down the falls it's a big falls it is you wouldn't you wouldn't do well if you fell over there i you know i should have read the material more closely and uh written it down how far do you think it is from the brink to the bottom. I think it's over a hundred foot drop. It's a, it's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a picture of Bill. Um, I'm surprised you didn't lay down on your stomach because that's normally what you do. Well, tempted. I would have, except there, the, there was, if you look right below my knee in this picture, there was a whole bunch of brush that was actually blocking the view there. Oh, so that that's what I wanted to do. Would not have been helpful. It didn't, it wasn't an impressive picture from there. I know. I, whenever we go there, I always feel like, why don't the, why don't the um, rangers come and trim some of these twigs and brush, brush away from where, so we can see the falls better. But I guess that's not really what we should do. We should leave things natural. Yeah. So, so, so that's a picture of Bill taking his picture and the next picture I think is I think it's one I took because I think you had the ultra wide angle lens I did yeah this is one that I think yeah so this picture is taken at a high shutter speed of the falls and it stops you know it stops action so if you are able to zoom in on this picture you can see the water splashing and and the roughness of the water going down the waterfall. And it's it's impressive because when you're there, the sound of it is loud and the force of it is loud. I'm surprised they haven't dammed this to make energy with it. Thank God they yeah, haven't. Think, but yeah, yeah. There's a lot of force just, just behind give that them water. time. They'll screw that no, up maybe too. Not. Maybe we're, let's hope not. Let's hope not. But uh, yeah, if you look... A through this picture to the opposite side of the river, you can see some of the ice formations that were starting to form on the rock face across. It looks like stalactites, yeah. like what you find in a cave. Yep. And I, I never realized there's actually a set of steps across there. So there is a way to get across the river to the other side. I, You know, you and I have not been to the lower Tequamanon Falls. Nope. Um, and this time of year, they don't plow out the parking lot, I don't think, to the lower falls. Um but I think that if you go to the lower falls, it's easy to cross the river there. Okay. And then maybe pick up a path. Must be a path on the that opposite hikes up side. the river there to the other side. We'll have to check that out when it's, you know, summer. Yeah. Or late spring or something. And Yeah, I don't think see. I want to screw around in that cold water right now. I have never seen anybody on that viewing deck next to the on the opposite no, I side. haven't either but I wonder if it's out of commission or it may be still. closed I mean who knows yeah I bet we can find out if we do a little digging um but yeah and we also I think I'd like to go back this winter when there's even more ice formed yeah February traditionally in Michigan is the coldest month 
Yeah, it looks like it might be again this year. The yeah. extended forecast looks like it's going to get colder in the next couple cold. of weeks than it has been. Maybe we'll have to take a trip up to the Ebon Ice Caves and do the Tuquamanon Falls again. And Good we'll plan. do a whole episode about ice. Good plan. We could do that. Only if the ice is less than it's, 500 yards yeah. from the car. <laughs> well, the Ebon Ice Caves are a lot further than 500 yards. They, that is an adventure, which we have yep. done several times. And I a, guess I'll a, do it again. A, Every time I do it, I say I'm never doing that again. <laughs> and we do it again. Come on, Winnie, one more time. <laughs> So while we were taking pictures, I wanted to experiment a little bit with um, shutter speed. If you lower your shutter speed in a, on a manual setting on your camera so that the, the shutter is open just a little bit longer than it needs to be to capture the picture, it'll, it'll capture the motion. So if you're steady, should have had a tripod to do this, you can make the water look more silky because it's blurring it a little bit, but the background is still sharp in focus. So I played around with some shutter speeds and I managed to get a fairly good picture that, um, so first, before Bill, you go on to the next picture, keeping in mind what you're looking at right now, yeah, where the water is stopped in motion and you can see all of the roughness and the splattering and the foam. Right. Go to the next picture and it's a whole different look smooths everything out it smooths the water out for sure the yeah. water that's moving gets blurred and looks smoother yeah like you said you normally would have to have a tripod to get this to work out you were fortunate enough to be able to i was leaning on a rail you're leaning on a rail that was pretty steady so you were able to and it's not a long exposure either no just a few seconds few so. seconds but it's hard it's virtually impossible to to handheld hold an exposure, a long exposure. Yeah. So, so as you can see, the the trees on the opposite side of the river are still in focus. The ice that's off that little cliff area there is still in focus. But all of the water that was moving gets sort of blurred and smoothed out. Yeah, I like this look. Do you like it? Yep. Uh, one thing I noticed, and you might have to, you might have to blow this up a little bit to notice, but you can almost see what's happening in behind the water. Do you see that? Yeah, you can actually can see in behind the you waterfall. You can kind of see through it. And, and when I never try to take a picture because a couple of, you know, it's it's not anything that, um, but you can tell there is quite a nice um, formation, formation in behind there, yeah. the waterfall itself. Yeah. You kind of have to look hard, but you can see that it's there. Yeah. So that was kind of fun. I like this look myself too of the smoothing out the water. and Yeah. So... Another thing that uh, you might notice about the Tequamanon Falls is that as the water is going over the falls, it's not completely white. No, there's um, iron ore and, uh, and a chemical called tan tannins that's from the trees and stuff around there. I think there. the tannins are produced by decaying. The organic matter that yeah, leaves, like leaves and, those and whatever bark and that kind of stuff that's fallen into the river. And there's a lot of it in the Tequamanon River. Yeah. And so the water becomes discolored. Yeah. Um, often, if you just saw it in the river, it might look brownish. Or and as it's going over the falls, it has a yellowy, yeah, it depends on rusty, sometime sometimes kind of greenish. It's, yeah, it's greenish or you know, rusty color. But it would seem a lot more orangish yellow uh, the other day anyway. Yeah. But it to me, I I don't mind it because it adds for a lot of dimension to the picture to have some color going right. on there. Right. 
So the Tuquamanon Falls, if you've never been there, it's worth the trip to have a look. Yeah. Make sure you carve out some time so you can do a little bit more hiking than um, what we did that day. We did a little, but not a lot. And There are a couple of uh, nature hikes um, that are just little loops that you can go around in that area too. So yeah, if you enjoy a little hike, there's that's a fun area to do yeah. that as well. There is a, a building there that's a restaurant slash brewery and gift shop. Yep. Um, when we were there the other day, just the gift shop was open because restaurants are currently closed, um, closed in Michigan. Yep. yep. But um, I suggest pack a picnic lunch. Yeah. I go to Tequamanon. Even in the winter, they've got a couple, at least one little pavilion area, but they have picnic tables around. And I think, you know, if you're going to be outside and appreciate the outdoors, sit outside and have a peanut butter sandwich and a bag of chips, you know? Yeah. When we came back from the falls, when we were walking back to the car, there was a family that was having a, a like a little bit of a cookout there. And I thought, good for you. Yeah. I, I wanted to join them. <laughs> they were, they seemed to be enjoying themselves just being out and being as a family unit and taking yeah. it all in. Yeah. It, wonderful. It was good. Actually, it was good to see so many people out. I'm surprised at the number of people. We talked about this the other day, too, that we met on the trail that were smokers. Yeah. And they were passing me. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get in better shape. Don't take up smoking. It won't help. I'm not going to take up smoking. So after Tequamanon, I think, Bill, you would have been game for heading further west in the UP to Munising. Munising. To there's, there's several waterfalls around the little town of Munising that I... Someday we'll have to make a day and just go to Munising and, and take in all take as in, many waterfalls and, as we yeah. can. I'm, some of them are not that easy to get to. And you certainly would, you wouldn't, some of them you'd probably take a whole day to hike to right now. But, um, right. But there, there's at least eight or 10 within a couple, three miles of Munising. So you can take in quite a few of them in a day. That's for sure. But it was it was almost three o'clock, I think, when we got done. Yeah, and it Tequamana. gets dark at five in Michigan. It's done so. at five. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been hard for taking pictures by the time we got to another waterfall, and then it would have been really late when we got home. Yeah, so yeah, um, so we just headed back down um, south, and you know, I thought, what are the chances we would see that snowy owl still on the bridge? Because yeah, sometimes they'll hang out in a spot all day long. You just never know. So um, as we we got to the bridge, we paid our bridge fee and we started across the bridge and we spotted something out in on one side of the bridge. There was a little bit of the water that was starting to freeze. Yeah, there was some. And there was some ice flow that float, had gathered together. Floating ice. That, yeah. Uh, just as you're getting on the, the approach to the bridge, not even on the bridge, but. And we spotted something that just didn't, just as we were getting on the bridge, we spotted something out on that ice flow that just didn't look right. Didn't look like a piece of ice. And so Bill did, like we weren't quite on the bridge yet, almost on the bridge. We were past the toll booth and uh, Bill did stop. And I quickly pointed the camera out the window and took a very quick snap. And by this time, what was it? 4.30, Bill? Yeah. It was getting dark. Yeah. So this is not the best quality picture in the world, but sure enough, there's a snowy owl. There was a snowy owl floating on the ice, floating on the in the Straits of Mackinac. Yep, and uh, it was looking. It's it's sitting on a little chunk of ice, facing away from the bridge. But I think it noticed. I think it really noticed that we stopped. Probably something different than what the normal. And it traffic swung flow. its head around backwards and stared at us just for a fraction of a second. 
And I got a picture of this snowy owl floating on the ice in the straits. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that must have been the owl that was hanging out on the bridge earlier in the day. Well, we we got the other side and there wasn't anything where it was. So it's almost got to be the same owl. Yeah. I don't know if they travel in pairs. I don't know if they like to be by themselves yeah. in any case. I don't know either. Um, but it would make sense that they would hunt the straits, actually. They're, but on the water? like, Yeah, seagulls. I mean, they're, they pick oh. off. They like to, we know that they like to eat ducks, and there's lots of those around. So. I guess that's true. Because so, there wouldn't be any mice or rodents no, out on the water. I but. know in years past, the, there's a... There's a big flock of redhead ducks that stay around St. Ignace in the winter. That's true. So they might be hunting redheads. Yeah. Who knows? So that was a nice way, though, eh, to end our It was a great way to end the, the trip back home. Yeah. 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 So I promised everyone that we would end our podcast with something positive. Do you have a positive story to share, Bill, or shall I? Oh. You let me go first this time? Go ahead. So this is just a little quick um, incident that happened while we were in the Upper Peninsula. And when we were buying our, our uh, nutritious snacks at the, at the gas station, I was standing in line behind a woman was up at the cash register. I was six feet behind her waiting my turn. And her daughter came around me and, and joined her mother at the checkout. She, the daughter looked to be about 11, 12 years old. And the mom said, oh, no, she said, you don't just cut in line. You're, she handed her daughter a little bit of money and said, you're going to have to wait behind this lady behind me. And so the daughter trotted back behind me and waited and started to wait behind me six feet behind me. And I said, oh, are you two together? And the mom said, yes. And I said, well, she could just go and join you. And she said, no, I'm trying to teach her courtesy. And nice. I said, that's great. I said, I'm going to teach her generosity and let her go ahead of me. So the mother thanked me and the daughter and her got to check out together. But I just thought that was so wonderful to see, you know, to see a, a parent um, showing the daughter, you know, showing their child, this is how things work in the world. And this is how you are to be courteous. And the daughter was, she didn't mind. She wasn't upset or anything. But as for me, that was a positive, a positive interaction. It was nice. Yeah. Good to see. Yeah. So that's the end for today. We'll see you in two weeks. We'll see you. We'll, he we'll hear you. You can listen to us. Right. <laughs> Join us again in two weeks. Join us again. Yes. For the Winnie and Bill Chat podcast. If you yell really loud, we might hear you, but probably not. And if you haven't caught, if you haven't caught up with season one, I uh, invite you to catch up with any of the episodes from season one. And then uh, catch us in two weeks for episode two of season two. Thanks for listening in and I hope you have a great day. And stay positive. Correct. <laughs>